So welcome everybody. My chair looks different this morning. But lower, yes. Um, I feel like my heart rate was elevated so high last night. <laughs> Can we, okay, we're just going to address one thing with the rugby and then we're going to move on. I think there's a photo um, that's going to appear on the screen. And, um, and that's it. That. Enough said. Enough said, right? Can we just win by like 20 points next week? I can't take another week. I, I, I feel like I've fractured my central nervous system. I, can you fracture a central nervous system? I don't know, but I, I feel like I have. But thank you. My, my prophetic word is, 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 is edging ever closer to, to, to its uh, uh, fulfillment, which I'm really, really grateful for. I said two weeks ago that we would beat New Zealand in the final by 15 points to 12. So we are getting there. Church, welcome. Welcome to our conversation this morning. I'm sitting like this for a reason. Just trust me, I'm not going to do some kind of ballet or anything like that. That's in the other room. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here because I'm going to be welcoming, welcoming some guests up to join me on the stage uh, in a moment. But we are in week three of a series on calling, which I've really enjoyed sharing with you. And um, for this week, I'm going to need some help in delivering this message. So could I ask uh, my uh, fellow comrades, Rob and Marietta, to join me up on the stage this morning? Uh, where are you guys? There you are, bringing your own chairs, self-service, I like it. Church, can we welcome them as they join me up on the stage? Um, Rob, I think, I think you're going to grab that mic that's down there in marriage. I think this one's yours. Give me one sec. Uh, if I break it, please forgive me, production team. There we go. There it is. This is your weapon for this morning, Marietta. There we go. But... Uh, for those of you who don't already know, Rob and Marietta are part of the leadership team here at Father's House Joe Bay, together with uh, Mark and uh, Deirdre and Sorrel. We have a leadership team, just FYI, that helps monitor the spiritual health of the community, that um, help that kind of acts as a sounding board for decision making and, and helps make sure that, that the pastor stays healthy and on track too. I think it's a good idea for a pastor to have a pastor, right? And a team of pastors that he walks, walks with. Amen. So I've asked these two to help me uh, share the message this morning by um, adding their thoughts, a couple of thoughts to what we've been talking about over the last two weeks on the topic of calling. And I'm really looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say. But more of that just now, as a quick recap, friends, if you've just joined us or as a reminder, we are in week three of a series on the topic of God's calling on our lives. And we've been addressing some key questions that often get asked around this topic, like, what is my calling from God? How do I know if I have one? And what do I do if I feel like I've lost it or I'm out of my calling, if that's such a thing? How do I grow in it? And how does my calling influence my career? And so I hope it's been a helpful series as we've looked at, at, at some, of these, uh, some of the biblical answers to some of these questions and, and that it's helped shape our understanding around this topic. Uh, a quick recap before we get started on the key scripture that's formed the basis or the foundation of the series. It's a wonderful passage from Second Peter. And notice all the references to the word calling uh, in this passage and the wonderful promise that we have attached to the end when we fulfill it. It says this in Second Peter 1, verse 3 to 11, His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. By his glory and goodness, by these, he has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. Verse 5, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, 
Knowledge with self-control. Self-control with endurance. You guys see the growth stages here. Endurance with godliness. Godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Because if you do these things, you will never stumble. Man, it's a powerful promise. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. What a powerful passage of scripture. It says this, it says, we have a calling from God. We've been called. When you're in Christ as a believer, he's called you. And the calling came by his glory and goodness, not by our own efforts. It was as a result of his qualities, not our qualifications. Right, that's what we spoke about last week. And by his glory and goodness, these two amazing qualities of God, we have very great and precious promises that we can share in. And because of that, because we have these promises, we should add some things to our faith. We should grow and develop and cultivate our calling by doing those Christian virtues that he mentioned. And with that being said, I guess the key foundation, I'm just doing a little bit of a recap before we tee, tee off, guys, is that kind of the key foundation that, that we've been talking about is God is calling us to be someone specific. That's number one. God is calling us to be someone specific. There's no other you in the world, friends. And so this point is comparing or, or, or um, trying to copy someone else in their calling. God's called you to be someone specific. And secondly, he's called you to build something spiritual. That's been the kind of the key foundation. And we've said because of that, we called into his family. We're called into God's family. Salvation, right? We're called up. It's a heavenly call. And we're called out. We're called out to keep the lights on in every area of life, not to turn them off. And that's, that's not a prophetic word for you to go work at ESCOM. Keep the lights on. Although we do need more believers in government. Can we have an amen to that? Um, and and that's, that's what we've been talking about as, with, with regards to the aspects of our, of our calling. And then last week, the last thing I wanted to say, just as we highlight where, what, what, what we've been basing this series on, is we said that a calling, sorry, a career is what you do. A calling is who you become. That's very important. That's just from Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. A career is something that can change, right? Even if you're working, you're still called to be Christ-like because a calling is something that remains, and then finally, a career should result in success. Calling should result in sacrifice. God is not calling us to mediocrity as Christians. He's calling us to work with all our hearts, but we're called to work as though we're working for him and not for man, right? That's Colossians 3, 23 and 24. While we're pursuing ambition in our career, we should never neglect the mission of our calling. And that involves some kind of a sacrifice because Jesus is worth sacrificing for. Amen. So, did I do an okay recap, friends? Are you guys okay there? With that being said, I wanted to take the conversation, I guess as practical as it has been over the last two weeks, to sort of a more relatable level, in a way, and, and, and hear from some of our very own Father's House J-Bay congregants on, on how they've experienced this topic and how that's worked out in your life. So they've probably got faces that most of us know already, but uh, over there on the right is Rob. And it's Rob, he's a very, very nice guy, lovely guy, recently made the cover of Christian Men's Health magazine. <laughs> Uh, he, he, puts the, he puts the stud in Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
He's single. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm just. I'm just saying some things. Um, he's our. He's our worship leader. Yeah, follows us, JB. Really talented man. Holds about 387 roles midweek, which we're going to hear about just now. Uh, and then to my right is Marietta, uh, highly qualified, experienced individual, works in healthcare, occupational therapist. Yes, and she's going to also be sharing on this idea of of, of living in fulfilment. Um, while still navigating earthly responsibilities because there's sometimes that tension right, that, that, that arises. So, guys, I guess the best way of doing this is I'm going to ask you a few, a few questions, panel interview style, and then you guys can, can share a little bit about your testimony with us, a little bit of your uh, sort of perspective on these topics. By the way, church, we said in the beginning of this year that we would actually include some of these testimony style Sundays to our ministry. We think there's such value and power in hearing from what God is doing in people's lives. And just by the way, remember, a testimony is never greater than the Bible itself. Remember? We've, we've, we've said that God's, God's word is greater than our word. And that's why you will see the power of the word in our testimonies. And that's always a great bridge to build. So the first question, friends, and you can play Ching Chong Chat to see who wants to answer first. The first question I wanted to ask you this morning as we sort of kick off is, I guess a very simple one, but, but how did you end up doing what you're doing? How did you land up where you are? And, and what was the reasoning behind the choices that you made in doing what you're, what you're, what you're currently doing? Okay, so you always have to start at the beginning, you know, where you're coming from and where you are and where you're heading towards. So as a, a young boy, um, King David was always my hero because he was like the strong man and uh, man after God, you know, God loved David and he was a singer and he enjoyed making music. And... In my family, my parents, my brothers, they're all musically talented, and I was probably the one with the least amount of gifting in, in the family, so I only sang. And um, my mom would sing harmonies in church, and my dad would play any instrument, from wind instruments to concertina to piano to drums. My brother played, um, he played bass guitar, and he sang, and my oldest brother was in the Darkensburg um, Boys Choir, so he was like one of the highest soprano boys. And... With regards to, to a calling, I think it's, it's embedded in your soul from, the, from day one. And it's, you know, sometimes then God allows you just to take different routes to build you towards you're supposed to be. Um, I mean, a lot of people that I know in church or around uh, from various different industries, either seeing me working at KFC or at Planet Fitness or someone who, who might have been treated by my hands with regards to massage therapy and things like that. And all these little things, sometimes they build character and sometimes they prepare you for certain things. Um, I would never, I mean, you know, often then you listen to people who... Um, speak things over your life and they say, you know, I can see you doing this or that type of thing. And then I would, I would never have thought that I would um, teach in front of, you know, students or go to conferences and things like that. But, and I would always say that um, I would rather sing than speak in front of people. And things like working at KFC, it, it taught me to um, work with people and uh, working with, with massage therapy to teach me humility, to, to um, have compassion with people who are going through illnesses or pain. Um, I think with, with regards to working at Planet Fitness and being on idols and things like that, it also built up a bit of confidence because the thing is, you know, as musicians, we always doubt yourself. I mean, even still today, you know, I would still, with band practice, I was like, oh, am I doing this right? So, you know, you always have that. So you never feel 100% prepared in, in certain instances. 
But music has always been been part of my life, part of my, my passion. And, you know, sometimes then you also go through certain things, maybe like God's um, permissible way, you know, because I also worked in church, like specifically worked, worked for, for church. And then there are certain rules in, in certain aspects. Like if I had to go sing at a bar on a Saturday and then come to, on a, a Sunday and come and sing in church, people would, would talk and say, hey, but you know, he's not supposed to do that. You know, but then it's also the thing is like, but where do you get your income from? So it always has those challenges and that also builds character again and where I can have music as a ministry but also have it as my day job. And that was always one thing that I said, you know what, I want to do music full-time. And there are so, so many different ways of, of seeing what full-time music job is, whether you're teaching it, whether you're performing, whether it's part of your ministry, whether it's, it's playing music on a radio station or something. You know, it's, 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 there's so many ways that you um, can draw to a conversation or, or influence people through music. I was just going to say there, when you played at the bar on the Saturday... Did you see some of the patrons on the Sunday morning too? Because, you know, I'm just, it's good for one, then, you know. You know it happens. Equality in the house. You know the saying? funny thing is, then they say, hey, Robert, what mock yay? Well, I'm here to sing, what mock yay? Well, there we go. There's that spiritual wisdom. Um, M, how, how, have you, how have you sort of navigated that, that, that role? And, and sorry, I am out of the time, but don't worry, we've got a couple of questions still to go, but land us um, on that uh, So topic. I, just my background, it's not very spiritual, I'm sorry to say. Um, my father, basically, my brother and sister are quite a bit older than me, and by the time I came along, they had done several careers, and he basically sat me down at 16 and said to me, here is a massive book of careers, choose... <laughs> And that is what you're going to do. <laughs> so he basically um, encouraged me to not change my mind again. Um, and I was quite grateful that um, it ended up being occupational therapy um, because it's such a, a, a broad um, field that you can, you can really reinvent yourself within that. So I think when Molloyd asked last week, you know, who's the, who's the person that's still you know, in the job that they started off with, I was one of the few that put my hand up. But the key is it changed as time changed. And I think... Um, in choosing um, what, I, what I chose to be, it was always people-centered. So originally I was quite stuck on the religious, my career is my calling, and I, I couldn't differentiate between my calling and my career. And that caused a lot of stress for me. And um, I, I once sat in a, a teaching and the, and the lady said, um, she spoke about that, that um, verse um, of Nathaniel when Nathaniel was called by his friend P um, Philip. And he said, um, come, I, f I found the Messiah. And Philip was like, Ugh. Nathaniel was like, you know, what's going to come good out of Nazareth? You know, this, this is not going to happen. And then when Jesus saw him, he said to him, um, before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. And that just gave me a revelation that God sees me. He sees me in wanting to fulfill my calling, but struggling to find how my career fits into that. And I think that just started a process for me of, of, of understanding that calling and career goes hand in hand, but it doesn't, your career doesn't have to, you can fulfill your calling even if you don't like your career. <laughs> you know what, I'm 
<laughs> no, this is this is this is this is very good because I think sometimes we like to tick the box yeah. and have everything resolved. We don't like to yeah. sit in tension as people, mm-hmm. do we? Yeah. You know, and sometimes six months can feel like six years when it doesn't feel fu- like you're in deep fulfillment. Yeah. So I think there's just some power in actually recognizing that it's okay every now and then to just sometimes sit in those tensions and yeah. allow that to work something in you yeah. that's going to stand you in good stead for whatever future God is calling you to. Um, and I think I think that that revelation that I had that I could argue with God about it, you know, I could I could have a conversation with him and not just you know a little bit like Nathaniel, he, he was not so keen on what was going, you know, what was being said to him. Um, so it was okay for me. it made me realize that I can have a conversation with God to work this out. And I think Very that cool. revelation has given me peace, peace. Yeah. when I have, when I, I'm fulfilling my calling to serve people as an occupational therapist, even though I don't feel like I'm loving my job. Sure. The other thing that brings income. Is this, is this helpful? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, it is. It is to me. I love it's my really... job, but, you know, just... <laughs> So life comes. <laughs> so and we're gonna and we're gonna get to that more now. How does your faith influence the way that you work? Even in those settings, because this is kind of what we landing on, right? Is what is the if we're called out? Well, what is the what is the differentiating factor? How does your faith in God, your calling, affect how you work in your career? Yeah. I think your your faith is basically the cornerstone of everything. Um, because sometimes you, you sit in a situation where you are working and your, your internal, um, what you call it, your, um, it's like when, when you're working in, in something and it goes against your faith or it goes against your beliefs in certain things that you, you, you either know that you're in the wrong place or you have to do something to change it. Um, so many times also just in, in, in church environment when we, when we sing songs, um, often in, in, theologically it makes sense but in, in language it doesn't or other way around like say for instance if you, if you take a song like um, uh, that song walking around those walls and it says but you've, you haven't failed me yet now in Afrikaans you're going to say yeah but yet have not yet have not yet so it's going to happen you know things like that or, or you know then we sing things and, and it has a, like I have internal conflicts about certain things like that and it's like how can I expect you know people to sing certain things or um you know, when, when that other song that says, I'm going to waste it all on you. In Afrikaans, again, if you, I see it's morse. If you, you know, you're wasting, it's going to waste. But if you think of, of how, how the oil was lavishly poured over Jesus' feet, you know, it's never a waste. But so certain things, you know, then, then I would also think of if I'm going to sing at, on a Saturday gig or something, I'm not going to sing, oh, to mama to because a lost lappy. Because that, that's, that's not something that I, <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> that's not something that I proclaim, you know, or, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. So, you know, I'm not the same, I'm, I'm, I am the same person who's behind the keyboard or behind the microphone, or you see, you know, you're going to see me angry at church also. You're going to see me angry wherever. But it's, you know, I need to be the same person wherever because the, the, the gospel and the secular life is not two separate entities. It's, it's, it's embedded in you. And there were often things that, that happened where I was working at the gym and it was like a, a spinning class that we had. And the music that they played, I mean, the one um, thing had reference to saying, like, going to hell type of thing. It's it like said that. And I'm thinking, I'm going to do this 
for three hours a week and I'm going to have that same music play over and over and over and I said listen I can't do this so this is not you know music is not supposed to refer to any sort of religion or whatever and when they do yoga it's not supposed to be any Buddhistic movements and things like that or when you do certain things it's supposed to be um, physical because you're going to gym I mean I'm not going to go for a church service necessarily at the gym so certain things that I didn't feel comfortable with and I said but I'm not going to play the song you know it's like a mantra it's playing in my head the whole time you know you don't sing things like that so being and knowing that I'm a musician it's something that I had to bring up and say like this is what I'm, I'm not happy with that and in certain practices also and I don't want to go too much in detail because you know people have different opinions where um, if you do yoga or something then they have a certain way of greeting but the, the person that, that they taught from a Christian perspective would say shalom because it means peace to you. And the other way of greeting actually is like a, a, it's like a spiritual, spiritual challenge. So faith in that sense, it's something that you have to protect. And you have to, I think even, even before us as uh, you know, Christians, you know, when, when the Lord says, Mark versus von Mein says, like we have a responsibility to protect the faith even before, <laughs> before that. But that's just my opinion. That, that's really, really good, Rox. I think that often... Um, cuts to the heart of some of the tension that we sit with is uh, like what under what am, uh, umbrella am I sitting right now and, and, and which one am I going to hold up um, and I, I, I like what um, Pastor George said on this topic he said that if you can't build it up or if it isn't building you up then you should walk away yeah. that's kind of one of the yeah. one of the one of the keys so that's a that's a, that's a really powerful powerful concept there thanks for sharing and, and um, anything to add there as well about how, how your faith influences the way that you work. Yeah, I think, you know, something that, um, that, that um, Rob was saying about, you know, just if you see injustices. So um, in healthcare, I'm, I'm, I'm quite inherent in just, justice and I, I get quite passionate if I feel injustice is being done. So moving from England to South Africa, I was quite challenged with the whole principle um, of, you know, equality in healthcare and things like that. Um, and, and I, I had to learn how to use my passion constructively because <laughs> I tend to use it um, destructively. <laughs> I, I just get angry and then, you know, it doesn't help anybody. Um, so using my faith that God has called us to speak up for those that can't speak for themselves, um, but in a constructive way. So, so that was quite a, a challenge and I'm still not quite there, <laughs> definitely. Um, but I think also the thing that that I learned from that, that's, that story about Nathaniel is, is God saw me. So the patients that I see, I often see once, and I will have a four-hour session with them, and we will talk really intently about their disability or their injury or their accident or whatever. And, and it's quite a personal thing. So what I learned is that as, as God sees me, I need to see them. Um, if I agree or disagree with them, <laughs> if I feel they're faking it <laughs> or they're not faking it, um, because that's that's just the the, the 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 nature of the work that I'm doing. You know, some people are, you know, limping around and you know they're like you know, death at death's door, and you're like, mm, I'm not quite sure clinically you are, um, and other people are trying to be so strong, um, but you can see that they're breaking apart. So, so just. <laughs> utilizing my, my faith that God sees me and I need to see them for this, this short period of time that we've got with each other and shine his light and give some hope um, or give some truth um, if it needs to be as well in that, in that time. Very, very good. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
Next question. How do you stay motivated in your career when opposition comes? Because we face opposition, right? How do you, how do you stay motivated? Well, often, <laughs> I have a method. Because <laughs> you know, sometimes, you, you know, if, I think if you have compassion with people, and you know, often you, you know, people who are in arts, and you know, they, it's, it's like there's a, there's a different aspect, you know, they, there's a reason why I say linker brain and rechter brain, you know, because we think differently in a way. And, you know, for me, it's, it's where I see myself in that situation. A person can easily become the victim. It's like, you know, oh, you know, why did I get that job? Why is this person being like this towards me and I'm only trying to do good? Lord, don't you see me? That type of thing. Where, where I have a, a thing where as soon as I start, um, like, practicing therapy in that sense where you speak to other people and you find out, like, what's going on in your life. And you realize that other people are going through things that are way worse than you, then you actually don't have anything to complain about. And in, in that sense, you know, sometimes it's, you know, when you speak to people and they confide in you and you go through those things and you say, you know, what, what you did to go th to manage certain things and you find out that other people go through things that are more difficult. Sometimes they think your things, it's, it's, it's worse. But when you have that comparison and you speak to people and you, you tell your story in the sense of, you know, what I've been through, what you've been through, and, you know, at the end of the day, um, we made it. How? Because God gives us the strength. And um, yeah, I think it's, for me, it's a, it's a practical thing. <laughs> it's something that you have to constantly um, remind yourself and say, like, listen, I am blessed. Why? Look at what, what's happened. Look at the things, you know, because it's, it's really so easy to, to fall back and think, oh, you know, when is payday coming? Or, you know, or, you know, I should get rid of this debt and things like that. And a person has, like, practical things, but then you, f you forget that we actually have a plate of food. You can choose what you want for supper. And things like that that's, that are small victories. And I think in, in general, if you celebrate the small victories and, and, you know, and even trusting God in small things, you know, don't set God up for, for the biggest things necessary. I'm not saying that you don't trust him for the big things, but because often, you know, you don't believe your faith isn't that strong because you think, okay, Lord, you know, I want this miracle to happen. But trust him with the small things. When you're going to go to spa or something, you think, Lord, you know, it would be great to have a nice parking. And it's like, oh, there we go. There's a parking. Or, you know, let me, should I go to pick and pay or to checkers? You know, I, I need to get milk. Maybe if it's like on special, buy one, get one free type of thing or eggs or something like that. Trust him with those things. So you don't set him up that if it doesn't happen, it's like, oh, you know, I knew this wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. But, you know, when it comes through in the small things, you actually build trust. In, in yeah. him. It's, it's, we're the problem. He's not the problem. We're the ones that need to, to put a bit more faith in, in him. So if you start building trust in the small things, then, you know, it's easier to, to believe for the bigger things. I think, um, as I said, I get a bit passionate sometimes. So I, I don't think that, that my bosses always love me. <laughs> um, and... Mine neither. <laughs> um, that Nathaniel that just always, you know, is asking those questions is like, you know. So um, I don't deal with opposition very well. <laughs> um, and I think it's something that I'm keeping on learning. And what I've learned for works for me is I have my rant, <laughs> preferably not in front of my boss. <laughs> Um, because I've had the experience of doing that and then seeing that that doesn't work. Um, so go to God. So I've, I've learned to go to God um, and have my rant with him. So when I do my journey to work, 
I have my rant with God and I'm like, why am I here? And then he'll just help me to pray and then I remember my calling is about serving people. So just because I'm annoyed about something logistic, that should not affect how I treat my patient. I'm there for my patient, so stick your pride in your pocket and do serve me. Serve me when you see my patients. And I think, you know, also um, in terms of kind of when a position is, is about righteousness, not righteousness, um, injustice, address it. Um, so I, I've, I've learned that I'm learning <laughs> how to constructively address the injustice. Um, and I think that that's, that's something that I'm coming to know more to be part of my calling. So that's not something that when I was 20 I realised is part of my calling. I'm, I'm realising more and more as, as these things come my way that there is part of that in my calling as part of serving. And I think that's the, that's the, that's the beauty of growing in your calling, that, you know, God will bring more things your way. So if you keep on seeing things that's not right, or if you keep on seeing something, you know, if you keep on finding a theme in your life that keeps on coming up, maybe that's part of your sure. calling. You know, that's just how I've worked it out in my head. Um, and then growing in how do you address it constructively. So I've learned to shut my mouth and put things on paper. <laughs> um, and it's much more effective. <laughs> also, I, I want to add something to, to you know, because often when, when you have panel discussions, then it's like, you know, the Lord is good and it's moonshine and roses and things like that. But sometimes you get put in a position where you need to, to learn certain skills, to stand up for yourself. You know, sometimes the Lord puts thorns in the nest, you know, you know like, how much more do I need to irritate you in this position? You know, when are you going to start learning to stand up for yourself? Because I need you to be the stand-up Robert person in the next job where you're going to be. So you're not ready yet. If you're just going to take everything and go cry at home and that type of thing, sometimes you need to stand up. And then you get put through these little trials and things to, to build that character or to build that confidence in, in what, what your calling is and not necessarily the career. <laughs> I think what, you know, just from what um, Rob's just saying there is, you know, I've, I've, I've had moments where I'm like, God, I really, I really am ready to move on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned to, that, that verse that says, um, uh, trust not in your own understanding, uh, if anybody can help me there, <laughs> but lean, lean not on your own understanding, but trust in God's understanding and he, he will direct your paths. Uh, I'm going to find it quickly. Um, but essentially, you know, I don't understand why this is happening. I don't understand why you seem to not hear me. I don't understand why this is hard, but I will not lean on my own understanding. So I will choose to continue to trust you and lean on your understanding. And I think, I think that, that is the hard part of, of, of calling. <laughs> because you need to let go. There's the sacrifice. You, you know, you mentioned, you know, your calling brings a sacrifice. And that sacrifice sometimes is that I don't understand. I don't understand. Sure. Am I going to choose to carry on or am I going to choose to walk away? And God loves me either way. There's been times where I've walked away and when I think back, I'm like, mm, maybe maybe I, I wasn't you know, necessarily the best plan there. And there's times that I've stayed and the character that 
then um, yeah. that then, then gets built takes you to the next step of your calling. Yeah. I just want to say this is really, really like ministering to me. So <laughs> thank you so much, guys, for sharing what you have. That it's Proverbs three, I think it's seventeen. Yes. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. That's why you're the pastor. Am I okay in my career? Am I, am I finding my career? Um, final, final question, guys. Little um, machine gun style ending. What's one thing you would say to a younger version of yourself about the working world? What's, what's one piece of wisdom? What's one lesson that you would leave with the younger version of you that would save them from having to go through some of the things that you went through? I think it's, it's never to compromise in, in the sense of your faith. Where, you know, there's always a way around things. And there's so many things that I've seen, in, in, especially in, the, in the, the, you know, there's a huge attack on, on the arts in, in general. You know, if you look at musicians and actors and, and painters and sculpturers and things, there's always like a huge attack on them. Like, and there's so many people that I know that had to fly up to, to do, um, like they were cast for a, a role. And as they were reading through the script, they said, but they, they have to do this or they have to, and it's, it's against their, you know, what they believe. And where they approached, instead of just giving in to say, okay, you know, well, you know, it's, they stood up and said, listen, I can't, this is not me. It's, it's, and then with a, some miraculous way, you know, the Lord says, well, okay, you know, if you don't feel, how would you interpret this? And, you know, you don't have to necessarily do whatever these people or the bosses or whatever, but there's a way that you need to communicate also and say, well, this is not my value. Because I feel if your, your, your personal or, or your integrity goes or your, the, the career that you do, if, if it goes against your, your integrity, it's, it's an attack on your calling because it's something that, or, or maybe it's a signal to say, like, maybe you are there because of this. And it's, yeah, so I would say, like, not to compromise. And also, in a, in a way, to say that, you know, when you go through pain, that, you know, I, I don't believe that, that God causes pain. But I, I do believe that he doesn't let it go to waste. You know, instead of crying about that bicycle being stolen, instead of, instead of complaining, say, God, why did they steal my bike and whatever? Go cry and say, because you, otherwise you're going to miss out on the most emotional and most biggest moment to connect with your creator and say, like, Lord, why did this happen to me? You know, instead of blaming him, blaming him for things. Um, I mean, if, if you had to, to take Benji out somewhere and it was like an experience where um, he was terrified, I think there's like a YouTube video clip about that or something, and it was like raining and it's pouring and it's thunder, and he started to cry. And later, years along, you know, he said, you know, I had this, he had this terrible experience with his dad because he was frightened or whatever. It would break your heart because you would think, you know, this is the place where you can actually bond with him and say, like, you know, my dad was carrying me. I think I'd say to myself, read God's word more than you read TikTok. Um, well, you don't read TikTok to you. Anyway, um, show my age. Um, but, you know, spend more time in his word because if you have an understanding of who you are in Christ and if you have an understanding of how much he loves you, you will save yourself lots of challenges. Um, and I would say to myself, be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Kindness, I've, I read this definition and it says, kindness is lending someone else your strength instead of showing them their, your, their weakness. And I was just like, wow, that is so beautiful. You know, rather than focusing on, on someone else's weakness, let's give them some of our strength. Let's give them kindness. Um, 
but do it to yourself as well. Because, <laughs> yeah, and then don't doubt. Run your own race, don't doubt. You know, because if you are sound in who you are in Christ, you will be sound in your decisions and you will be sound in where you're going. That's it. Can we give them a round of applause, church, as they've shared? You guys can stay with me here. Um, I guess as a way of, of sort of wrapping up this message and as we, as we consider this, this, this topic, there's, there's something that's, that stood out to me um, from what you guys have shared that I wanted to end, on, um, end with by saying, and that, you know, God is in the detail. God is in the detail. He's in every single detail of your life. Um, and while, you know, you've been working in a career, he's been working on your destiny. And sometimes we might not see the full picture, but we see him and we know that he's, he's got that picture, right? And, you know, maybe we've suffered loss in a worldly economy of some kind. We've been investing into an eternal economy in that, in that process. And nothing is wasted in the kingdom of God. Nothing is wasted in his hands. Um, and I wanted to close with this verse. It's, it, it makes me think of this incredible passage, Romans 8, um, 28 to 32. I'm sure most of us know it. We know that all things, all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that we would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And he goes to this whole list for those he predestined, he called. He called, he justified. Justified, he glorified. No one's lost in that process. And then what then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, you can be against us. Church, could we celebrate them as they share one more time? And would you mind standing with me? Thanks, guys. As we... I'm going to wrap up for us in a, in a word of prayer. You can stand with me, church. And I hope that um, this series has been helpful. That was a nice little tangible way of of taking some of what we've heard and the, the theology, I guess, and making it practical. And I think I'm definitely going to re-listen to that again, Rob, that the, you guys pointed out some things that I think are sermon series worthy. So I'll be looking, looking forward to, to digging into that, some of that uh, with you guys. But would you mind buying your, buying your heads and closing your eyes with me, church? We're just going to wrap up in a, in a prayer. And I guess our prayer is that God would very, very simply reveal the plan before us, whatever that looks like, that he would just make it, clear he would shine his light through his word on the path that he has called us to walk uh, and we're going to be obedient I guess and responsive to whatever it is that he's calling us to do and so father we thank you so much that nothing is wasted in your kingdom lord even though we've gone through opposition we may have gone through difficulty we've gone through transition or or, or divine delays of some kind you've always been there father and we thank you even as we've heard this morning god that you are in the details nothing is wasted in your kingdom and so we pray for every decision to be seasoned with, with your spiritual wisdom. May every action step become clear as we receive from you and go to you before we go to anywhere else, Father. Thank you so much, Lord, for your favor that's over us. And thank you so much for your presence that is right beside us. We needn't fear because your perfect love casts out fear. And Father, we just pray for, for every person here this morning that is facing one of these or who will face one of these decision-making moments that they would know that God you are for us. And if you are for us, who can be against us? We thank you for a peace that transcends all understanding that guards our hearts and minds in you. And we honor you so much, Lord, for these wonderful moments in your presence as a community. And in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, 
Amen. Thank you so much, Father's House Church. It really was wonderful. Yeah, let's give the Lord of the, the Lord a round of applause and a shout of praise for one last time this morning. Um, we've got some uh, prayer cards available on my right there. If you'd like to fill out a prayer request or a praise report of some kind, we'll be up front if you want a further conversation or some prayer. Otherwise, great coffee and popcorn available. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you on Sunday. God bless.